Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to be live. And I'd actually planned to go live at four, but with rolling blackouts in California, didn't seem like it was the best idea. So I went ahead and jumped on a little early. Hopefully we make it through the entire episode. But yeah, I'm really excited to be able to talk about 49ers. And of course, it's live Q&A. So drop any questions you have. It's been a little while since we've been live together. I'm excited to have this conversation. And what is up to everyone in chat Hey, Gary, how's it going? What's up, Donald? Uh, how's it going, everybody? How's it going, Quandell? How's it going, Mosquito Killer? Good to see you. He said, what's up, Ant? How's it going? What's up, Spy Nick Danger? The chat is already getting going, and I'm excited about this episode because there's a lot of information, of course, to get into uh, because the 49ers continue to have practices preparing for the game against the Chicago Bears. There are things coming out about you know, some of the roster. Of course, yesterday there was the news that George Kittle had suffered a groin injury on Monday, and he may you know, be at risk for playing on Sunday. And Kyle Shanahan didn't want to get too much into it, that he was hoping he was going to be able to go Wednesday. Of course, he did not. Shows up today for practice, did not practice again. And so now things are kind of up in the air. Got you know Aaron Wilson saying that the injury is worse than people think, that George Kittle's probably not going to play in this football game. So I think the 49ers uh, know that they may be playing without a all pro potential player in George Kittle. And I think that's just something they're going to have to get used to a little bit. Uh, and what's up to everyone else that's jumping in? Uh, Mr. Corey, how's it going? What's up, traffic? Yeah, football is back. It's going to be a fun night uh, tonight. I hope you guys are all going to watch the game. It has implications for the 49ers because the Los Angeles Rams are playing the Buffalo Bills. Should be an exciting football game. Should be fun. Hoping for a very good game between both of those teams. And of course, Hopefully the Rams lose, right? 49ers fans, come on. We want this week to end with the 49ers being the only 1-0 team in the West. Might as well get it off to a good start. But I hope everyone's having a good one. So George Kittle may miss this week. Of course, we have walkthroughs tomorrow. If he goes ahead and he goes through walkthroughs, uh, there's a potential for him to be able to play on Sunday. I think the fact that they were hopeful that he was going to practice Wednesday makes me think there's still a outside chance George Kittle could be there. Now, Yesterday, they went ahead and insulated the tight end position, bringing in Troy Fumagalli to the practice squad to make sure that they have depth in case. But they already had four tight ends on the roster. They already had Tyler Croft, Ross Dwelly, and Charlie Warner. They have plenty of tight ends and plenty capable tight ends to be able to fill in for Kittle. Will they be able to have be the receiving threat George Kittle was? No. But maybe between all three, you can supplement what he does well and potentially you know, get a tight end that's close to it, right? So maybe Charlie Warner can block to the level of George Kittle. 
Maybe uh, Ross Dwelly can have some of the receiving aspects that George Kittle has. Not to that level, but a little bit. And then maybe Tyler Croft can go in there and be a red zone threat. So you can look at all those guys in that avenue and maybe all together, uh, they almost equal what production you would get from George Kittle and the things that he does really, really well. So I hope everyone's having a good one in chat. I'm going to get a look at some of these. Mr. Corey says, start looking for that money before he returns. Yes, and that's another reason, another thing to talk about is Jaquiski Tart went on 95-7 the game, uh, and he was talking on there, and he said he had been in contact with the 49ers organization about coming back to the Niners, but he was not willing to take a veteran minimum contract. He wants to get paid more than that. So it appears that there is interest from the 49ers about Tart coming back and reuniting with the team, but he wants to get paid. And obviously right now the 49ers don't feel the juice is worth the squeeze. They're they're looking around and, and saying to themselves, wait, can we get enough production out of George Odom and 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 these other guys like Tarverius Moore and maybe even a Dante Johnson be able to supplement and and insulate until Jimmy Ward gets back? I think that's what they're doing. They're looking around. They just don't want to spend money on uh Jaquiski Tart. Hopefully that doesn't come back to bite them in the butt. Uh, because I thought they would pony up a little bit, but I feel like they believe they have some leverage there, right? He goes to Philadelphia, he gets more than the veteran minimum, but then he gets released. Uh, he's a free agent again. No one has signed him. So, I mean, I don't know exactly how he's trying to bargain this. 49ers are just sitting back and saying, hey, look, uh, you can come in and play for the league minimum, and Tart's you know, sitting back saying, no, you're going to have to pay me more. And all the while, his clock is ticking because... Uh, the closer it gets to Jimmy Ward coming back, the less likely it is for Jaquiski Tart to get paid, whether that's veteran minimum or not. So, yeah, I'm glad that got brought up by Mr. Corey. Well done. Peter Killer says, at least we are not playing a tough team out of the gate. It's a game we can afford him to miss. I think that's a very good quote right there. It is a game that they can get by. And uh, that's that's kind of what you're hoping. It was a little interesting listening to D'Amico Ryan's press conference. If the press conference hadn't, happened right you know just happened i would have came with some of those clips but uh D'Amico ryan's talked about the fact that he doesn't really know what luke getsy the offensive coordinator for for uh the chicago bears is going to do i mean you have an idea because he's with lafleur and green bay and they run a similar style offense all through the preseason i watched every single chicago bears preseason game and then broke down the third one where he got extended play from most of the starters you can actually find that breakdown, that scouting report over on Patreon. But uh, when it comes down to it, you just don't know exactly what you're getting from the offense. You have an idea, but that's something that happened last year as well. Dan Campbell, the new coach at Detroit, you don't know what you're going to get out of these coaching staffs. You have an idea because you've seen what they've done in the past, but they will also somewhat alter the way they go about developing a game plan depending on personnel. So a lot of times personnel goes into that and and, and that's one thing I'm going to get into on Saturday's video of what is the game plan is sometimes you do what you do unless you have players that can't do that, right? If you don't have press man corners, you're not going out there and running press man. Those guys are zone corners. You got to figure out how to use those zone corners to the best of their abilities because it's all about maximizing your players' abilities to the help the football team. You're hoping that your players' strengths uh, coincide with weaknesses on the other team so you can take advantage of it but well, there's no guarantees. So yeah, they're going to do things a little bit different because guess what? Over in Green Bay, they had Aaron Rodgers. And as much as I like Justin Fields, he's not Aaron Rodgers. The one thing that Fields does have an advantage of Rodgers is the legs, moving, running. Uh, those are aspects they're going to try to take advantage of against this 49ers defense for sure, especially the aggressive nature at which the 49ers play. Lou says Kittle is hurt more and more. Kyle needs to stop putting players at risk like uh, like other coaches. When it comes to soft tissue injuries like this, uh, you see a run of it. I believe a lot of this has to be attributed to the collective bargaining agreement. These guys just aren't practicing as much as they used to. Training camps aren't as rigorous as they used to be. These bodies are, are you know, these guys are bigger. They're more athletic. They push their bodies to the limit, but the training methods are definitely different. So you didn't run through all these things in the past. Now, soft tissue injuries are hard is that they happen. You have to make sure you stay flexible. So, uh, I don't really blame Kyle Shanahan for this. As far as a uh, load, um, practice load, George Kittle's missed a ton of practices during the year for maintenance days. They've done a really good job of trying to manage him. Unfortunately, sometimes, especially with the groin, it just happens. You tweak a little bit, you press a little bit this way or that way, running or out. Next thing you know, you've got a groin issue. So I don't blame Kyle Shanahan for this, for sure. And when you look at it, 
George Kittle has played 84% of the games uh, that he's been in the league. So 84%, I know a lot of people are saying George Kittle's very injury prone, and that's how it feels. But 84% is not bad for the position that he plays, a tight end that is a physical blocker, that has a physical brand of football. And I don't think you can just tell a guy like George Kittle to turn that off. But, I mean, do we want him to get hurt? No, we don't. But uh, still, you know, it's just one of those things. You're hoping that these guys stay healthy, but these things do happen. But what's up, Lou? I'm glad you made it in the chat. What's up, 49ers Faithful Forever? How are you doing? Um, saying Sutherland, a possible call-up scares me. It doesn't make me feel comfortable either, but when it comes down to it, it's probably the most likely thing for the 49ers to do because right now you've got Hans. You know, Blake Hans comes over from the Cleveland Browns. He's running a similar system over there, but the problem is he was playing offensive tackle. I mean, most of his snaps last year, in fact, all of his snaps were at left and right tackle. Now he's going to transition to center and he's going to pick up Kyle Shanahan's offense and understand what his reads that he needs to make and the the line calls that he needs to adjust to, it doesn't seem very likely that Blake Hans would be able to do that. So having an experienced guy like Sutherland that understands the offense makes the most sense. Now, that is something you don't want to happen. You don't want Sutherland taking those snaps. But you know what? When it's an emergency time, you got to do what you got to do. You got to break that glass and bring in Sutherland. So I think Sutherland will be a call-up. He's going to be one of those guys that look for Dante Johnson to be the other. That way he can fill the four safety role and also fill the six-cornerback role. That versatility plays big in this game against Chicago. So, yeah, it's unfortunate Sutherland's going to be there, but it's necessity because Dan Brunskill, again, did not practice today. Now, Dan Brunskill is one of those guys that they know they can count on. Kyle talked about it yesterday. He didn't need reps. The Spencer Burford could get all those reps at guard. They already knew what Dan could do, but uh, if he doesn't go through walkthroughs tomorrow, it's unlikely that he will play in this game against Chicago which means Colton McKivitz will be your sixth offensive lineman and Keaton Sutherland will be active and one of the eight or nine offensive linemen that the 49ers are going to have dressed and ready to play. It'll probably be probably be nine. Who will be the two guys out? I'm expecting Nick Sakel to be out and I would not be surprised if Jalen Moore or Blake Hance are the other player out and not dressed for this football game. I just think it's unfortunate. And Donald Johnson says these injuries of people like Kittle every year get old. Maybe we need to keep players under glass when it isn't game day, break the glass game day. I mean, that's how it feels, right? It gets a little frustrating. It gets a little frustrating when these guys get injured. Uh, but remembering that these guys are, you know, pushing themselves to the limit every single day, injuries are bound to happen. I feel like injuries happen all around the league. Luckily, right now, nothing is catastrophic. Uh, nothing is, is an injury that the 49ers can't overcome right now. We don't have players out for the season. We did lose Mo Hurst. Uh, but beyond that, the 49ers have stayed pretty healthy. And it's been the last few years that the 49ers have definitely learned how to manage the load of these guys at practice. And I think it has paid dividends because we're going to this game pretty much healthy other than George Kittle. It's disappointing uh, because I think Kittle was going to be big in the run game as well, being able to be the focal point on those outside zone plays, being able to help the 49ers get it done. But uh, it's just not there. It's really not there. And Mr. Corey says, remember, I told you Charlie Warner was going to have 20 catch, 400 yards, three touchdowns this year. It starts uh, Sunday. I hope it does. I really do hope it does. Juanito says, injuries, unknown quarterback, and bad O-line. This game isn't going to be easy one and wouldn't be surprised if the Bears steal one from us. The only problem with that, Juanito, is you have young quarterback uh, for the Bears. You have a worse offensive line. Uh, that is that is no no lie there. The Bears have a worse offensive line for the mere fact that they're younger at certain positions like left tackle. Uh, Braxton Jones playing left tackle is very scary. Now they do have Cody Whitehair. He's a very good offensive lineman, but question marks all throughout their offensive line. I think that is another thing that you got to remember. And then also, uh, you just got you know the lack of playmakers. They do have a couple guys, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, uh, but you're missing out on guys like Allen Robinson. So. The 49ers don't have to adjust to take away a player, you know, a skilled player. They just got to stop the run, make sure David Montgomery doesn't get going, make sure Khalil Herbert doesn't get going. And then after that, go ahead and clamp down these uh, receivers on the outside. And they still got Pringle that's dealing with a hamstring. They might not even have Velas Jones. He hasn't been practicing dealing with a hamstring. His hamstrings all around the league, and it's affecting the Bears as well. So I think that you're right that the 49ers have some concerns at certain positions. And offensive line is definitely one of them. And I think safety as well. But uh, the Bears do as well. I don't think any of these teams are coming into this uh, feeling very confident 100% that they got it. Ernest says, let's go, Ant. Thank you, my man. 
Uh, I've been watching every show, but you haven't been able to, ca but haven't been able to catch a live. Welcome, Ernest. I'm glad you came through. Always nice. And yeah, it's been tough for me to do lives recently. Uh, been just you know loaded down with content, but I've been excited about it. I'm looking forward to having lives this weekend. Of course, we're gonna have the reaction show after the game. I'm really excited about that. Make sure you guys come through for that, uh, and we'll talk all about this game. <laughs> Gary says, I don't want to see Sutherland anywhere near the game. I put him on the first bus. Uh, Gary has his uh, just let him go over on his channel. It's it's one of the most entertaining things that I see. Uh, so, yeah, Ernest says, Ant, are you excited? Is it me or the season about to start? Yes, I'm very excited. I'm very hyped. Uh, this is the best time of the year. And, of course, we got football tonight. But we also got the 49ers on Sunday, which I can't wait for. I think as we get closer, I just get more and more excited and more and more hyped to talk about it. I'm curious to see how Kyle Shanahan goes out there and executes his game plan with Trey Lance at the helm. I want to see what they're going to do with these big running backs. And, of course, we'll get some answers about this interior offensive line. Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford, it's for real now. Let's see how they go out there and do it. And then we just got one heck of a defensive line that's going to be fun to watch. But I want people to get eyes on Traverius Ward. They haven't seen him yet playing for the Niners. So that'll be fun. Also, the improvements that Elijah Mitchell's made. He looks so much better in, in, in training camp. I mean, and that's scary to say because he was really good last year, but he's even better now. Um, yeah, and then Ernest says, I don't agree with that. The Niners have a weak link on defense, but I would say the questionable position and on defense has to be safety. What about you? I think safety is a concern because we don't know who's going to start next to Tauno Hufanga, number one. Number two, you don't know uh, at what level they're going to play. Tavares Moore didn't have the best preseason uh, we've seen him definitely play better in the, in the past, including 2019 and early 2020. Thought he was better then. Maybe the injury has slowed him down, but he's an intelligent player. What I'm hoping is once they start scheming it up, disguising coverages, they can cause certain situations to happen and maybe he'll settle in. Uh, I am worried about Cole Komet. If you watch the game preview show, that's something I'm concerned about. Cole Komet going against his 49er safeties uh, is not good. Jimmy Ward would be able to go in there and mitigate a lot of Cole Komet's abilities to make plays. But you don't have that now. And you hope Tarverius Moore could be that guy. But so far, you haven't seen it in, in the preseason. Maybe he'll show up. He'll be ready to ready to roll. Uh, that's why I've been all for bringing in Jaquiski Tart. If Tart was playing in this game, I would have zero concerns about the safety position. I have that much faith in him, especially in run fits, where Justin Fields is going to want to get going. Uh, and you're, you've got to stop David Montgomery. Carson says, who's starting at right uh, right offensive tackle? Who's starting safety? Uh, so right offensive tackle is going to be Mike McGlinchey. Chris Furster was on earlier, uh, given his press conference, and he said Mike is looking back to 100%. He said the last eight practices, he's seen him steadily get better, and he looks back to the old Mike. I think that's a good sign for the 49ers. Mike McGlinchey is going to start at right tackle. And at safety right now, they have it up in the air. Of course, the unofficial depth chart has it listed that George Odom is going to start next to Talado Ufanga. My belief is that it'll be Tarverius Moore. I think he's going to get the first shot at it. He's the more traditional free safety. Al Fung and George Odom would be more like two strong safeties out there together, which if you're going to interchange them in the box is great, but it could leave you vulnerable to something if you run a, a deep third look and have one of them you know, in the in the middle of the field. It could be have some struggles in coverage. So I think what the 49ers need to do is start Tarverius Moore. Of course, you're going to have to make some adjustments. But knowing you can call up Dante Johnson, if something happens and Tarverius Moore's just not getting it done, put in Dante Johnson. He's going to be good in the coverage end of the game. Allow Talano Hufanga to go ahead and handle the box, helping those run fits. I think that's probably the best way. What we could see, though, is that the 49ers do go with Odom. They go with a two-deep safety look with more of a man underneath. That does leave you vulnerable to Justin Fields running and scrambling. Uh, but you're going to have to take some risks to go ahead and mitigate missing a player of Jimmy Ward's caliber. You just can't do what you wanted to do before. It's unfortunate. Donald says, I think the players need to adjust their offseason workout, maybe even adjust their diets too. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it's interesting because George Kittle has been one of those guys that has adjusted consistently every offseason. Uh, Jimmy Ward did as well. Jimmy Ward went got into yoga a couple years ago. Debo Samuel got into it as well, working on getting more flexibility, being more limber, so that way they don't have injuries, continue to persist. Jimmy's actually stayed pretty healthy, Mr. Jimmy Ward. Uh, it's unfortunate that it got him this year, but Kittle, most of his focus has been on his feet. He was having problems with feet. He was having problems with knees, so that was a focus, and now it's a groin. It gets him. So, yeah, I, I think these guys continually try to adjust, um, but it, so far they haven't found the right formula, at least some of them. 
<laughs> Mr. Corey's ready to fire Shade ahead if they don't win this game. Uh, come on. Come on. That's crazy. Uh, can't get there with you on that one. Um, Donald uh, says, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Donald's talking to Gary, so I'm not going to read that one. But Traffic says, I just got a vibe about this season. In general, going to be so uh, many good games this year and big expectations for 49ers. I love it. Uh, what's up, Kelts? How's it going? I hope I, I hope you're having a good one. I did see you're launching a new show with some guys, so I hope you guys do well. Uh, our guy Jay in the Bay is going to be on there, of course. I mean the dream, and I know I'm missing someone. Uh, Barry a baller, I think. So I hope you guys have a really good show. I hope that launches well. But Kelts says, how much does the possible warm, humid, heavy rain impact the play calling scheme, turnovers, etc.? I, I think you do have some sort of a concern about it. Ball security is always something you're thinking about. But you have Trey Lance, who was used to playing, you know, up there in North Dakota. He has an understanding of the weather and, and inclement weather and how you handle it. But each player just has to understand what their job and roles are. Uh, can it play into it? Yeah, especially early on in the season. You're dealing with humidity. There is, you know, the problem of making sure you stay hydrated. But the four years players have started their hydration well before they ever get off the bus or get on that plane and head to Chicago. So uh, the training staff will make sure they stay healthy. The training staff. And the equipment room will make sure that these guys have the proper cleats to be able to handle this field. There's question marks about this field as well. So there's a lot of things that go into this and a lot of people that play a part in making sure these players can be on the field and be ready to go. So yeah, there's going to be a lot there. There's a chance of rain. I, I saw there's a chance of rain, close to 50% chance of rain with up to 17 mile an hour winds. That could, uh, you know, that could bother some things. One thing I am happy about, though, is Trey Lance has a very strong arm. He's going to be able to absolutely whip the ball through the through the wind. It shouldn't be a problem for him. Shouldn't be a problem for Fields as well. Now, if the rain happens and this field gets muddy, uh, it could get interesting. So, depending on how this game goes, you want to go ahead and get points early, and then be able to you know outlast the other team. I think that's a good sign for the 49ers because the 49ers have the better defense of the two, which means they could outlast the Chicago Bears. Juanito says, what is the main thing you'll be watching for with Trey? It's just consistency. I want him to locate the proper receiver and get the ball out on time. That's what it's about. Um, don't have those chances, you know, times where you hold the football or you miss open receivers. And I'm not talking about open receivers that are on the backside of his progression that everyone sees and, and cherry picks and says, wait, 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 he should have thrown it to this guy. No, just when his receiver is open, get it out in your progression. I think that's what's important. Uh, if this guy's your number one and he's in one-on-one -on -one coverage and you take the shot, go ahead and do it. So I think that's what I want to see is Trey's handle of the offense and just him staying in rhythm and getting the ball out on time. That's the most important thing for Trey Lance in this game because that's going to signal not only his growth from last year, but what we can expect from the year. Because, you know, if you're going out there and you're making the right reads and maybe you're just not executing at the highest level, you can get better with execution. What you can, what struggles with is if you're not making the right reads. That's what you want. You're under that really demonstrates your understanding of this offense, and then you're able to get in there and make some real big plays. So, a uh, good question, Juanito. Um, Golden Dragon says expect quarterback one and Trey Manning Lance to pull out his Peyton Manning impersonation against the Bears. Hopefully, it's the one from SNL where he's like throwing it at people, uh, hitting him in the back, and all that. That was one of my favorite ones. Uh, Paul says McGlinchey's health has made me. Smile, and I feel much more confident about our O-line. And what's up, Paul? I hope you're having a good one. Yeah, McGlinchey being back, having those bookend tackles, Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, definitely makes me feel better as well. Feel more confident. That's going to help Banks. That's going to help Burford. And then, you know, Chris Furster had a lot of a lot of nice things to say about Jake Brendel, that he felt believed Jake Brendel performed the best out of those three interior guys. I think that's a good signal as well about the 49ers' offensive line and how they're going to run this thing. So let's see what Brendel does. Let's see how this offensive line uh, handles things. But I do like the fact that we're going to have those two booking guys. Thomas says, hey, everybody, life begins again this weekend. I love that, Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Football is back. Football is ready to go. Uh, and Juanito's asking the chat, does anyone think Jimmy will make an appearance? Minus the 49ers getting up really big in this football game and then pulling Trey out just for health reasons, I don't think we're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think Jimmy will be on the on the sidelines. I know he's been handling a scout team, so I don't expect to see him. Um, I think the I think the media will show him. I think the telecasts are going to show Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. They're probably going to talk about him a lot because that's what they do. Uh, they want to show the backup quarterback. Last year they kept showing Trey. This year it'll be Jimmy. 
Uh, they've really just switched roles. That's all it is. They've switched roles, and of course, they've had a little bit different careers along the way. But uh, Big Papa says, and that's Paul says, looking for Jimmy to, to be smiling with a clipboard in his hand. That's where I'm at with you. That's where I'm at uh, there. And Ernest says, I don't believe you need a co-host anymore, dude. You're killing it. I really appreciate that, Ernest, so much. Uh, having fun. And it's easy because I get to have you all as my co-host and interact with you, which makes it a lot of fun. I really, really enjoy it. And I have been working with some people here and there, and it's been a lot of fun. If you if you have John Chapman's Patreon, I've been doing a weekly show with him over there as well. You guys can check that out. That's been a lot of fun as well. Uh, he calls it his bonus show. and We've been having some fun conversations we get a lot in the offensive line. I wonder why that happens. Maybe because I was an offensive line guy for so long. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then right here, um, Fortnite Focus says, what's the over-under on Jimmy being shown on camera during the game? You know, early in the week, I, I think I talked about this uh, with Horse and Jason. I think I said over-under three. Uh, now looking back on it, I think it has to go up. I think it has to go over-under Six. I think that's the line. I think it is. I mean, I think they're just gonna show him. Jimmy Garoppolo's gonna make it to the to the screen. It's just what's gonna happen. I don't know. Well, if people think that's a there's an over under on that. Uh yeah. Uh, Mr. Corey says, Ant, say someone offers a second for Garoppolo during the season, would you do it? I wouldn't. At this point, I'd rather have Garoppolo in case Lance gets hurt than a pick next season. Yeah, I think you have to weigh it at that point. You know, I mean, you're going to look at the money. What what point in the season is it? Uh, you know, because it's going to be a prorated salary for Jimmy Garoppolo. So if you go ahead and move it, move him, and you don't have to eat any of the salary, you free up more cap space. Uh, but really, Jimmy Garoppolo is very affordable. So you can weigh whether you want a second-round pick against what's the remainder of his contract. I think it would have to be sweetened. I don't think a second-round pick gets it done anymore. It's probably going to have to be more because of how good the contract is that the team is going to be taking on. And the fact the 49ers right now would, like you said, Mr. Corey, feel very comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo in case something happened to Trey. You have the, the ultimate insurance policy because you have a guy that understands your offense better than anyone else and also understands what it means to play in the playoffs and play in a Super Bowl game. There's just experience there. Uh, you don't want to lose that experience. That experience is good for Trey as well. So, yeah, somebody's going to have to come through with a very, very big deal all the while, Jimmy Garoppolo has to sign off on it as well. Will Jimmy Garoppolo sign off on it? I don't know. Uh, but that is a good point, Mr. Corey. And I think that's how a lot of people are going to start thinking and feeling. Uh, Traffic says, even if the foreigners got up big enough to take Lance out, you got to keep him in. Uh, he needs as many snaps as possible. I agree, Traffic. He needs as many reps as possible. But I'm telling you right now, there is absolutely no way Kyle Shanahan leaves this guy in Say the 49ers are up, you know, 28, 31 points in the fourth quarter. He leaves them in because what happens if Trey Lance gets absolutely hit and injured? Uh, they would second-guess Kyle Shanahan the entire time. Kyle Shanahan would second-guess himself because, yeah, those reps are extremely important, but you do not want to run the risk of him getting injured and missing opportunities to play the rest of the year. The worst situation for the 49ers is for him to suffer a catastrophic injury that makes him unavailable for the entire year. Then he's really starting uh, behind the eight ball next year. So, yeah, you, you're you not going to get as many reps in this game if you get up big, and that's okay. You just make sure you move on to the next one, and he has opportunities to play against the Seattle Seahawks and get reps there. Reps are going to come. You just have to make sure you don't run a risk of him getting injured. You just can't have that happen. Brought out Jimmy Garoppolo. Let him finish the football game. Also, that works out a couple of things. Number one, Jimmy knocks off some of the rust. He didn't play in the preseason. But also, if there are trade uh, partners out there that are, are watching, they might see how Jimmy Garoppolo looks and might feel more comfortable with his shoulder and then be willing to kind of sweeten the offers they've made to the 49ers or present an offer if an injury happens. So I don't think that you know they want Trey Lance to not be in the game, but in a certain situation where you're winning big, you have to go ahead and you have to make that move and ensure that Trey Lance suits up against Seattle and doesn't get injured. Um, Shylock says signing Jimmy G saved Kyle Shanahan's job for one more year. I like, I, I think that it's always a good idea, uh, to have a really good backup quarterback. I, I really do. And maybe Jimmy Garoppolo ends up, you know, helping this football team during the season. We don't know. I hope Trey stays healthy for the entire year, but I honestly believe that Kyle Shanahan won't even have a hot seat unless Trey Lance absolutely struggles the entire year. Then I believe you can start to put Kyle and John on the hot seat 
for the mere fact that you know Trey would have to get it done next year. But that's only when the hot seat starts. He's nowhere near that right now. He's nowhere in danger of of you know being fired because Jed York went through the mediocrity after Jim Harbaugh. It was not a pretty sight. He wants to win, and Kyle Shannon and John Lynch have brought winning. They won in nineteen. They won in twenty one. Uh, if they can win again this year. I think that you know Kyle Shannon's going to be here for a long time. And, of course, he is married and tied to Trey Lance. That's why I don't get all the Mac Jones talk, because he knows his career is connected to that quarterback that you draft. And so I think he understands that. But uh, I do like bringing guys up. And then Ernest is like, hey, I don't have Patreon. It's hard to set up. It is. Uh, we'll have to go through that sometime uh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, it is. It, it, and and that's the thing, right? It's, some content is, is over on Patreon. Uh, it's a little bit easier for, for some people to make money on that uh, avenue. But one time I'll go through it with everyone and just kind of explain how you go into Patreon and how you sign up and all that. Uh, because there are a lot of bonus shows, especially uh, on our Patreon. We have you know two full shows, film breakdowns, the whole thing. Paul says, hey, Ant, do you have any idea or an opinion on how the running around uh, a running back a room will divide up carries this game? Yeah, I have an opinion on it. I think that Elijah Mitchell is, of course, your running back one. And Jeff Wilson Jr. is running back, too. I think those two are going to get uh, the most carries. I think those guys are going to handle the load. I think they're even going to split the third down back roll. I think you're going to see those guys in and out on third down as well. They can both catch the ball. They're both good in pass protection. And they can still run and get you know get the yardage that you need to get. I think when it comes down to short yardage, it's the bigger question. And I think it's going to be figured out by who dresses. You're not probably you're probably not dressing four running backs in that room, but, you know, four and then Kyle Kyle Uschek. So that means Jordan Mason or TDP are not dressing against the Chicago Bears. The one that is dressing will be your short yards back. I think they'll use Mitchell and and, and Wilson sometimes in that role, but having one of those big physical running backs that can go in there and get you a yard is going to be what you want. They drafted TDP with that thought process in mind. Now Jordan Mason outplayed him in in preseason and training camp, so. Who's it going to be? I think that's a big question. But I think right now, all the carries, primarily the normal carries are going to, first and second down, uh, for sure, are going to go to Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. I expect you know, Elijah Mitchell to have 15 to 20 carries, and I expect Jeff Wilson Jr. to have six to eight, and then short yardage carries to go to the other back. That's kind of how I see it going. Doesn't mean it will, but uh, from everything I've seen, the way the 49ers uh, handle things, that makes the most sense to me. Ernest says, do you think Tart will sign knowing that he's only going to start for about four games, then be a backup for the rest. I think it's about your thought process. And I don't think that Jaquiski Tart thinks he's going to step in and only start for four games because he understands that Jimmy Ward misses football games. Talano Hufanga last year missed football games. There's going to be opportunities to get on the field. All you want to do as a player is get on a team. I want to get on a team. And even if it's four games, I'm going to go out there and prove in those four games that I'm a valuable player that you need on your roster. or I'm going to prove that I can still do this in this league. So one of those other 31 teams that are watching are going to want to sign me on their roster. So, yeah, I don't worry about getting in there in that situation. I think with quarterback, it's a little bit different. But every other position, I just want an opportunity. I don't care if it's one game, two games, three games. Uh, you want to make sure you can get out there and prove to everyone else that I can still do it. And you have to have that confidence in yourself that you can. If you lose that confidence, you're no longer an NFL player. You're not going to make it. Uh, you have to have it con consistently. And I think Jaquiski Tart believes that he's still one of the better safeties in this league, and he wants to go out there and prove it. And he feels with the right opportunity, he can go get some things done. So I do think he could step right in and play right away, and I think that would be good for him because I think a lot of people around the league would take, an, uh, take a look at it. Skylock says, 31 of Kyle Shanahan's 39 wins from Jimmy G. Kyle isn't a good coach. I think it's with all things, you, you can be a good coach, but if you don't have a good quarterback... Uh, and what's up, David V? I see David V had his uh, channel membership. So thank you so much, David V. I really appreciate that uh, for, for upping your channel membership. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, but Shylock, I think, you know, a quarterback is so important to a coach. Uh, Kyle Shandon, when he was picking his spot that he was going to go, that was one of the reasons he originally wasn't going to go to San Francisco. If you hear the story uh, about him deciding to go to the 49ers, he wanted to go somewhere within a, with a quarterback that he could win with. Because these coaches, you're you're good. You can coach it up. You can scheme it up. But having a competent quarterback, having a great quarterback, is the difference between being a playoff team consistently and winning a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan wanted to be able to win Super Bowls. And the way that you're able to do that is by having a quarterback. So that's the thing. His dad, Mike, had Steve Young as an offensive coordinator and then went and had John freaking Elway. And when you have a quarterback like that, it helps you win Super Bowls. 
And that's what he wanted. And that's what he's trying to get with Trey Lance. And of course, Jimmy Garoppolo is very capable. Jimmy Garoppolo did a very good job. And you've seen you marry Jimmy Garoppolo with a Kyle Shanahan led offense. You can win a lot of football games. I think you could put other quarterbacks in that situation and Kyle can win football games. So, I mean, I think it goes hand in hand. Good coach, good quarterback equal great success in the league. It's hard to be consistently good in the NFL. It just really is. It's hard to win every single year. And if you don't have one of those elements, if you have a great quarterback, but you don't have the coach to go with it, you're going to fail. You put Jimmy Garoppolo you know, in, a, in a different situation with a different coach, he's not going to be as successful. So they need each other. It goes hand in hand. And I think uh, that's one thing to always remember when we're breaking down players and coaches. They need each other to be successful. Mr. Corey says, Brock Purdy should come in in a blowout. Sending Garoppolo out in a blowout looks crazy. Here's why that doesn't happen, Mr. Corey. Because Brock will not be dressing for this football game. You're dressing two quarterbacks. He will be inactive. He's one of the other one of the inactives. I already know it. Him and Nick Zakel are going to be inactives for this game. We just have to know who the other three are going to be. That's just how clear it is. Those guys are not dressing. I think Zakel still got development. And I also think that Brock Purdy's not going to dress as long as both quarterbacks are healthy. So it won't be Purdy for that reason. Juanito says two and four season record for Shanahan. If for whatever reason we have another losing season, he will be two and five. Other head coaches would be fired at that point. You see Shanny in the hot seat. If they do not win this year, I believe he could get into the hot seat, especially if Trey Lance struggles because they have a football team that is built to win playoff games, a, a football team that's built to go to the Super Bowl. And he, him and John Lynch made a quarterback decision. So if that quarterback doesn't pan out, then yes, you start to get on the hot seat. But if they play well and things go well, there's no hot seat in sight. So yeah, I think Jed York also understands where this team was coming from. In 2017, this roster was terrible. I mean, this roster was really bad. And they've had to reshape this roster. Some of the moves they made didn't work out, which potentially could have stunted the growth. Uh, you know, uh, guys, Richburg didn't work out. Jarek McKinnon didn't work out. Juan Alexander in the long run didn't work out. He wasn't here long enough. The only thing that really worked out for them is the fact they struck on some players in the draft that are big-time players from this football team, like Fred Warner, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Those were really big football players that they struck on the draft and have impacted this team. But, yeah, I mean, it, a hot seat happens if Trey Lance doesn't develop at all this season and the 49ers lose. I think that does happen. Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully the 49ers win. I think they're going to win a lot of football games this year. Paul says, I think it's Shanahan who has made Jimmy a highly respected quarterback, not the other way around, which is why the rest of the week, uh, the league is not interested in Jimmy without Kyle Shanahan. I think people see some of the limitations that Jimmy has, but you also can look at the strengths that Jimmy has. And Jimmy's strengths coincide with how Kyle Shanahan likes to run offense. So Jimmy Garoppolo would fit in a Kyle Shanahan-style offense, right? Uh, he definitely would, because that void in the middle of the field is always going to be there when you're able to run the football consistently. So if, if you were able to plug and play him into a, a system in which they ran the football very consistently, got lots of yards, and then left a void over the middle of the field, Jimmy Garoppolo could be successful in that. But it has to be the right system with the right playmakers around him. And I think that that's what it comes down to. And uh, Kyle understood what Jimmy was good at. And in 2021, Kyle did something that I didn't really expect. Is he let Jimmy Garoppolo play in the shotgun more than... I, I thought he would ever let a quarterback for the mere fact that he felt Jimmy was more comfortable in that situation. So Kyle adjusted to try to win football games and it ended up working out because Jimmy had himself a pretty good season. Harold, what's going on, Harold? Welcome to chat. Says, how serious is a Kittle injury? I don't know for sure. You know, and that's one of the things, if you're a head coach, you don't want to give out exactly, you know, how serious an injury is. You want to make it seem like it's day to day uh, Be to the outside world because you don't want them to know that George Kittle wouldn't play. They could change their game plan and just how they're going to attack you defensively. So you have to kind of leave it up in the air. But, uh, you know, that's some of the Albert Wilson came out today or Aaron Wilson came out today and said that it's, it's pretty significant. They would be surprised to see if Jim, uh, surprised to see George Kittle play. So, I mean, that's a little frustrating and, and thank you so much for the, for the subscription. Uh, I'm going to, uh, Garple Bath, uh, I hope I said your name right. If I did not say your name right, go ahead and leave it phonically and I'll make sure I get it right. But I appreciate you joining the Four Yards Cutback crew. Always enjoy having subscriptions. So thank you so much. And if you're watching and you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. I really appreciate it. We've had a nice trend of subscriptions going recently. And it's really fun. You want to be here when we're talking 49ers. But 
Back to Harold. I don't know exactly how serious the injury is. All I know is when it's usually a groin, it's nothing you want to play with. Groin injuries are ones that linger. So if it's if it's not very significant right now, it might be in the 49ers' best interest to rest George Kittle anyways. And just make sure you don't have to run a chance of putting him on IR down the road and him missing more football games. So I think the 49ers are going to be careful with George Kittle. If he went on the IR, that wouldn't surprise me overall. Um, I just think you got to be careful with groin injuries. I mean, Debo Samuel in 20, I think it was 2020 deal, dealt with the groin injury. You know, when he came back and then it was a few weeks later, he's back on the shelf again. So it's something you don't want to risk. You want to make sure you give him ample time to get healthy. So I'm kind of leaning towards George Kittle not playing, but I can't tell you for sure how serious it is because Kyle Shannon is not going to give away that knowledge because that doesn't help. Um, and Sherlock says, no doubt Kyle's a, a good offensive mind. It's his talent scouting that needs some work. It could be. I mean, he's missed on some players, right? Like Joe Williams. Uh, that didn't work out for sure. There's been other guys that they missed out on, you know, that potentially. And he said, when it comes to quarterbacks, we'll see. I mean, that's it. Uh, so I, I think that happens with all coaches. So I don't think you're wrong, Shylock. I think there's a couple of guys, of course, that he missed on. And we'll, we'll see. The jury's out on Trey Lance. And if he misses on Trey, that'll be the, the big one. You know what I mean? I, I, I do think he's going to be fine. Carson says, hot take. Juice actually gets a good throw on, on a wheel route in this game. I love that. A good throw to uh, Juice on a wheel route. Hopefully it results in a touchdown. I think, I just think Kyle Juszczyk is so due for that play. He's due for a big-time touchdown. Well played, Carson. I love that. Uh, yeah, Mullins can't get him. Jimmy can't get him. Uh, it, it's it's just been a real struggle for Juice to get one of those plays. Hopefully they line one of those up and get him a big-time touchdown. That would be great. I want to see Kyle Juszczyk catching the ball this year. Uh, he He's so fun. He's so fun. Uh, and Fournier Fogey says, Kyle isn't a scout. They have a whole room of scouts. Yeah, he does have convictions about players. Um, they do have guys. And what's up, David V? Uh, thank you so much for... For being in chat, really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's great. And Mr. Royce is exactly it. Look how Belichick is being exposed without Brady. It does happen. You know, I mean, it, it's a struggle. You're, you're as a coach, you're as good as the players around you. That was one thing I understood as a coach is I needed to have good football players around me, and I did those players. And then it was my job to put those players in the best situation to be successful. It's not enough for you to have talented players. You have to also understand what to do with those talented players. If you play them out of position, it doesn't help your football team. And those guys are counting on you to put them in the right situation. So it works hand in hand. Having a good coach and good coaching is important. Having very talented players that are willing to do what you want as a coach is important as well. And that's where the 49ers got a really good uh, group, you know, really good energy around their organization. Emmanuel Sanders came out and said that today, that he really enjoyed his time in San Francisco. Talked about the energy, the people there. Um, that he's going to be watching them this year to see how they do. So I think that there is something to that, uh, and it's important. Portola says, I don't get Tart's mindset. You only have a limited playing time. He needs to keep stacking money. 9% uh, inflation out there. Yeah, I mean, I I thought Jaquiski Tart would jump on an opportunity to come back to San Francisco. I thought he'd be willing to take the league minimum. That has not materialized, which means he is worried about getting a little bit extra. He doesn't want to have that veteran minimum. The 49ers, of course, have that money. The fact they haven't been willing to do it, they're going to take a look. So everyone should focus on the safety position. The, the, the comments coming out from Jaquiski Tart this week about the 49ers having contact, watch the safety position. If they struggle in the safety room, do not be surprised if Tart doesn't sign the next day or that night uh, because they're going to want to make sure they're ready to go when you're going against DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I don't care if Geno Smith's the quarterback or not. Just want to make sure. But if that safety room plays well, then uh, Jaquiski Tart might lose some of his leverage because then you don't need him. So he's he's playing the game right now. He's running the risk. He's trying to get a little bit extra money. But you're right, Portola. I'm surprised he didn't just go ahead and take some of that money. He probably should have because uh, that could put you in, in a bad one. And Mr. Corsi says, I know a Purdy will be inactive. My main point is how crazy Garoppolo will look in mop-up duty. Yeah, especially if he goes in there and lights it up, right? I mean, that could be... That could be fun. I mean, that's the thing, right? We get both guys locking it up. Uh, J Jimmo says Chip and Bulky left Kyle a terrible team. It was barren land. It was not good. Kyle was going out there and overpaying players and bringing him in, him and John Lynch, trying to do anything they could with the hopes that they were going to be able to build a pretty good football team uh, in a couple years with Kirk Cousins being the quarterback. Of course, 
you know, the whole trade for Jimmy Garoppolo happens and then, and then history changes. But yeah, I mean, that was, it was a tough place. They were bringing in guys left and right to try to try to make it happen. And Carson says, put in Purdy if we're up with the laughing faces. Harold says, will Shanahan be the next Andy Reid? I hope he's the next Andy Reid in the fact that he wins a Super Bowl. I hope it's not NFC Championship loss, NFC Championship loss, NFC Championship loss, like Andy Reid had to have happen early on in his career with a long time and a new team before he won a Super Bowl. Let's hope it's more Kansas City getting the right quarterback, winning a Super Bowl. If that's what you're talking about, Harold, that's what I'm all for. If it's the other, uh, losing with you know a, a certain quarterback, and then having to go and get another one at a different organization. I hope that doesn't happen. And what's up, San Francisco? Welcome to chat. I always like when John comes in. Uh, it's always nice to have you. Uh, Quando says, is Kittle a top three tight end? Yeah, I think he is. I think the top three tight ends are, are pretty clear. It's Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and this is no particular order. And it's um, Waller from the Raiders. I think those guys, Darren Waller, I think those guys are the top three tight ends in the league. And I think that, you know, it's all-around tight end. I think George Kittle's the best all-around tight end when you factor in blocking and receiving. Uh, I think he's just more well-rounded. If you're talking about a plain receiver, I think that's when there's more arguments. I think Travis Kelsey is probably the best receiving tight end in the league. He just doesn't block very much or very well. So I think that's kind of how it goes with those guys. Um, and let's see what else we got. Joe Williams had skills, just never got his mind right. And that's the problem. And that was the reason... So many teams were hesitant on Joe Williams is he had literally quit in college. He had stepped away, you know, and then he ended up coming back and he looked dedicated and he played really good. I understand why Kyle wanted him for a system. He was a system fit. The problem was you're right. The mindset never got there, Donald, and he never got back to what he was before he ever walked away. And that's unfortunate. Uh, Jimmo says, I was surprised Juice wasn't named a captain. Yeah. I mean, that's a little surprising, I think. But when you look at the guys who were chosen, They've got a lot of talented veteran guys in that room. So uh, just because you're not named a captain doesn't mean you're not expected to act like a captain. I'm sure Kyle Yushek is the captain of the running back room. So, uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, I think it was one of those things that was a little surprising. And Harold says, best kept secret, Kyle Yushek. Let's go Niners. Uh, yeah, I love Yushek, man. I love him. I, that's why I got it, one of his jerseys. He's just, to me, he's a fun player. I mean, I was always one of those guys that grew up, though. I liked Rathman, right? I liked William Floyd. Uh, I like Fred Beasley. I mean, give me the fullbacks. I love the fullbacks. That's why I even like Mike Allstott. Big physical guys are going to run you over. Now, Juszczyk does it a little bit different, but he still has those moments. I just like the versatility of a fullback. To me, it's one of those fun positions uh, it, that you know you get to see, and you don't see as many in the league this year. Chicago employs one as well now. Um, so, it, Mr. Corey says, it was Kyle who traded up Joe Williams, Dante Pettis, and CJ Beathard, but also Ayuk instead of C.D. Lamb. And was his choice. So, yeah, I think there's going to be some of that give and take, right? Um, some guys are, are going to work out and some not. Harold says, Tart may not be interested in coming back. He may not be interested in hearing the criticism and blame for the dropped interception. I think he actually got over it. I do. I think Jaquitsky Tart got past that interception. I think a lot of the fan base is still holding on to it. But I think Tart understands that, you know, you made a mistake, you got to move on. That's part of being a, a pro. Now, he's going to continually look back on that occasionally and just be like, oh, man. Uh, and it'll frustrate him a little bit, but he's moved on as a player. He's ready to move forward. And the cool thing is there's short memory uh, for if you make another play. And that's the thing. If he was in the San Francisco and he made a big play this time, everyone will forget the time that he missed. Uh, you, you might in the back of your mind, you know, remember, but uh, it's unfortunate when we let these things hang over people, you know, and it changes your mindset of how these guys are. It, it, it's really frustrating. Um, yeah, exactly. And San Francisco says, Here's to all our players having a healthy, productive 2022 season. I like that a lot. Um, Traffic says, God, Chip Kelly is a name I wouldn't mind forgetting forever. Yeah, I just watched the a little bit of the UCLA game on Saturday. Um, it was interesting seeing Chip down there. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I forgot Chip's the UCLA coach. Lou says, is Tart's contract fully guaranteed after the season starts if we sign him? No, if they wait uh, until after week one, it's not fully guaranteed. Well done, Lou. Uh, so that could be another reason the 49ers wait. It would not be fully guaranteed. It it would just be a prorated contract. It'd be basically week to week. So they could move on from him in a heartbeat if that happened, and maybe that's what they do. So maybe Tart does end up joining this team. Mr. Corey says, I understand Tart. If he gets his money in the bank, why go play for a veteran's minimum, especially given California taxes? 49ers would be being stubborn. They could give him what Philly gave him. Yeah, they could. 
uh, but they don't have to. You know what I mean? And it it could be a thing where it's I always say this: the juice has to be worth the squeeze. And they maybe they filled a whiskey tart for more than a veteran minimum. It's just not worth it. We'll see. You know, I mean, if the play on the field doesn't materialize the way they want, then it might become worth it. And then they go ahead and they pay for him. So uh, Big Papa says Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Paul says Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I think Kyle Pitts is great. I think he's going to be a tremendous tight end in this league. He's going to eventually be one of the top three guys. I just don't think he's there yet. He might prove it in the, the next three weeks. But I think just coming off his rookie season, I don't think he's in those top three guys yet. But he'll get there. Kyle Pitts is an absolute freak of nature. The athletic ability and size is tremendous. So uh, I'm there. Quandell says, do you play any fantasy football or, or any other sport? Um, I do not play fantasy fantasy football uh, or any fantasy sports. I used to do pick them a lot. But the reason I don't do fantasy is I always run this ran into this problem. Number one, I didn't like playing players against my team. That's number one. I wouldn't want to play players against my team. And then people say, well, then just don't play those players when you're when that team's playing your team. Here's the problem. I also want to win. Uh, so I always had that little bit of an issue. So I've never got into fantasy. Pretty much everyone asked me every single year to join their fantasy team. Got asked to join like 10 different leagues this year. Just not something like I do for that reason. I want to be able to root for my team. Uh, so I, I kind of just do that. But I, I respect people that do it. I know there's a lot of work that goes into it managing those teams, making sure you're watching the waiver wiver and all that. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Donald says, that's like Ant hit the YouTube itself. Ooh. What was that about? I don't know what that was about, but I kind of like it. Uh, 40ers Fogey says, if Tart had good hands, he would be playing wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason he's a defensive back, right? <laughs> good point, uh, Gary, right there. I mean, it was unfortunate. I mean, everyone wants Jaguiski Tart to make that play. Whiskey Tart wants to make that play. He got ahead of himself. He tried to run before he caught the ball. That happens. You know, I mean, I, there's guys. I mean, you could look at Roger Craig in that 1990 NFC Championship game. He, he could go back. He would make sure he secured that football. You know, um, there are things that happen. And it's unfortunate that these things happen. You know, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it works out. Guy McIntyre fumbles a kickoff return against, you know, the Miami Dolphins. It could have been catastrophic, but it's not. They They get through it. So sometimes... Those plays stand out in people's minds because you lost. And then sometimes in cases like Guy McIntyre, it works out and no one remembers because you won the football game. Just don't know how it's going to go. But every single one of these players have mistakes. They make mistakes. But how they rally and overcome them is what's important. What you're hoping is that those mistakes don't build up enough that you can't overcome them. And hopefully your team picks you up. And they definitely try to do that. Um, so, yeah. For sure. And and Jimmo says nine minutes left in that game. I get what you're saying. I really do. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. Um, but you're hoping you're going to be able to win. You know, I mean, that one was really, really bad. Uh, Juanito says, do you see Gray getting any targets? If so, do you pro project, what is the project stat line to be? So I do think Gray's going to get some targets. I think they're going to take a couple of shots down the field at Danny Gray. I think if I had to guess, it's going to be somewhere between two to three targets. I don't think there's going to be a lot coming Danny Gray's way. I think they're going to rely on the other four guys ahead of him a little bit more. But I think they are going to use Gray in certain situations to take the top off and influence the defense. So his impact might be felt even when he's not being targeted. Now, this has been my thought process the entire year. For me and Danny Gray, it's all about yards per reception. So I want his yards per reception to be 16, 17 yards per reception, where he's having these explosive plays that change the game. So if he had, if he was targeted twice and he had one catch, for 22 yards. I think that would be good for Danny Gray. That's, I think that's what you're hoping. So I'm going to say he gets between two and three targets. He makes one catch, and I'm hoping that catch goes for over 17 yards in the game. And I think his influence will be felt all throughout the game as far as allowing these other receivers to play underneath and to make plays underneath because that's important. That's what you want to do with players like Debo Samuel. You want to make sure that you have guys you can go ahead and, and uh, develop the underneath throws for him and Brandon Ayuk. Those are important plays for those guys, for sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you're good, Donald. I didn't think it was anything bad. I just didn't know what it was for. Uh, but I have no problems with it, uh, Donald. Really, I don't I don't get offended easily. So uh, I just thought, I was like, whoa, what am I hitting? I kind of liked it. I was like, okay, let's get into this. Uh, so we're, we're excited about everything that's going on in the chat right now. So no problems, Donald, really. No need to apologize. I was just trying to figure out what was going on there. Uh, but really good, really cool. Mr. Corey said, I missed out on $1,000 because I couldn't bring myself to pick Anquan Bolden to have over 80 yards in the Super Bowl against Baltimore. Heart overhead when I knew Whitner couldn't cover him. 
that happens. Uh, that happens for sure. Um, I I used to do pick them. I used to do pick them, and I was really good at, at pick them for a long time. And I actually missed out on um, five thousand dollar gift card to Best Buy. It was one of the most frustrating things ever. And uh, Seattle had uh, see all the the Cowboys had to do was win the game, and Tony Romo was in there to hold, and he he uh, dropped the ball. And he tries to get in, he doesn't get in. It's one of the most frustrating things ever. All he had to do was kick that extra point in. And if he kicks that extra point in, the Cowboys win. I get the exact score right. I win the $5,000 gift card, but he freaking fumbled it. It was so frustrating. So I, I know how those things go. It gets it gets frustrating. Travis says, last time I checked, Fortis were up 10 at one point in that game. And there's other players on the field besides Tart. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that... You know, there was a lot of opportunities to win. The Niners definitely could have held on to that lead. There was mistakes that went around, including not converting on fourth down, you know, not getting those yardage. Those those plays are big. Um, you know, and I guarantee the team doesn't blame Jaquiski Tart. None of the coaching staff blames Tart. The one that was probably hardest on Tart was Tart. Um, but you're just you're just doing the best you can. You can't make all the plays. You just can't. You're gonna miss on some. That's just that's just football. That's the way it goes. Uh 40 yards Fogey says, Gray, first play of the game. When the Bears put eight in the box, if they come in and they try to put eight in the box, yeah, you're going to take chances. With Ray Ray McLeod, you're going to take chances with Danny Gray down the field. To me, that makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, Shylock says, can't trust a quarterback that already losing losing his hair. Oh, man. Shylock taking a little bit of shot at Trey. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, he wears the headbands, though. You know, Trey, Trey, Trey handles himself with the headbands. I think he looks pretty good uh, when he's got the headbands on and the hair coming out. And, I don't have no problems with it. You know, hopefully he gets it uh, done. So uh, Christopher says, getting close to the campaign to hope Kittle can play. Go Niners. Get that first one, Niners. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I'm really hoping the Niners do get that big-time win. That would be nice. And hopefully Kittle can go. But if he can't, you know, they've insulated themselves for sure. I mean, that tight end room was stacked already four deep because Tyler Croft proved that he did, belonged on this football team. Ross Dwelly had himself one heck of a camp, and they just couldn't move off any one of those guys. Kyle Shannon, the state of the franchise, says, you know, Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly, we brought in guys to compete. They're going to have to work for it this year, and they really did put in the work. And then one of those guys ended up making it with them in Tyler Croft. I like Croft. I like what he's going to be able to do uh, in the, you know, in the red zone. I think that's a place I want to see the size is what I'm interested because in, he's a lot bigger know than a guy like Ross Dwelly but uh yeah Shylock's having some fun <laughs> everyone's having a little laps on that that was that was freaking fantastic uh people are just having fun I mean that's what it's about right you just got to have fun in chat talking about the 49ers Mr. Corey says I just don't I, I just want to win and have no serious injuries exactly and I want this win to look different than last year's at Detroit where you had all the the end of the game situations uh not only did you lose Jason Verrett but you just had them almost come back. I think that was a little frustrating. I wasn't a huge fan of the way that game ended. It left too many questions. It left sour taste in people's mouth. So hopefully we get a, you know, a very confident win from the 49ers. They go in there, they handle business. I don't know what all you guys are projecting. On my uh, pre or on my uh, preview show, I projected the 49ers win the game 23-13. I think it stays a little bit closer. Um, but 10 points is still a significant win for the Niners. But I think this defense is going to play really good. And I just have question marks go about the Bears offensive line. I think if they weren't so young, you know, starting a fifth round pick like Braxton Jones at left tackle, I mean, Nick Bosa is going to get after it. And I think if they had a, a different guy, um, maybe I would think this game would be even closer than that. But I'm curious what everyone thinks about the scores and, and how things happen. And Gary coming through with losing hair, never bothered Bradshaw. Well done. Yeah, well, do well done. Uh, Terry Bradshaw winning Super Bowls. Uh, with a bald head, he did it for sure. That's a very solid one. Uh, uh, and then Juanito asked Shylock, "How many games do you feel uh, if he chops it off or loses it all?" Very interesting things. I want to thank everyone for coming through for chat. I hope you guys all enjoy the game that's going to be coming up later today. Rams versus Bills. Football is here, guys. Everyone is going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys join me. Of course, we have things coming out tomorrow. Uh, cover two with Warren. It, Warren Brown is coming out tomorrow. Uh, what's good with Jay in the Bay coming out tomorrow as well. And then on Saturday, what's the game plan at 11 a.m.? Check that video out. And then on Sunday, come join me for the live reaction show after the game. We'll have a fun conversation about what happened in the game. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating a 49ers victory. 
So that would be really, really nice. Hopefully, uh, you guys all come through from that. But enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Have a good time, and I'll see you on Sunday night for that reaction show. Uh, I hope you guys all have a good night. Stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers.